Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. whole bunch of people sent me a story about the good work the people at the Institute for Justice are doing. And a lot of the stories they take on are outrageous when you hear them. And this one is such a story. Now, this story is from their own website. Dan King wrote it. Police arrested a grandmother for feeding people in need. Now she's fighting back in federal court, and attorneys from the Institute are helping her do that. She is 78 years old. She's filed a lawsuit against Bullhead City, Arizona, after officials arrested her, prosecuted her, and threatened to jail her for feeding homeless people in a park back in March. She's joined forces with the Institute to file a federal lawsuit which seeks to strike down the city's law that criminalizes feeding the needy in city parks. Now, for decades, she's had a passion for helping people experiencing homelessness. She's lived in various cities throughout that time. In each new city, she's befriended homeless people, cooked them homemade meals, helped with cleaning their laundry, helped connect them with needed services, and much more. It's not just feeding them. She's doing all kinds of stuff for them. She continued to serve the homeless community when she moved to Bullhead City. In March 2022, she arrived at the same spot in Community Park where she'd always served food to the homeless. After she finished giving out meals and ensuring that everything was cleaned up, a police officer stopped her, told her she's breaking the law, arrested her, and put her in the back of the cop car. Now, notice that she gave out the meals and then cleaned up. So when she's leaving, the spot is just like it was before she got there. That's always one of the big complaints that people have. Is they say, well, all these people are making a mess. She says, I'm not a rule breaker, and I never thought helping people in need in my community would get me into legal trouble. I see many of these people as my friends, and I want to do everything in my power to help them out. Now, Bullhead City's law is fairly recent. It's passed in 2021 and is designed to push the homeless out of the city park and out of public sight. But there are no encampments in the park, and nobody sleeps in the park. So the food is not attracting people around the clock. That's one of the things that a lot of people would probably think, say, well, if people know they get food there, they're just going to go and live there. It's not what they're doing. People experiencing homelessness simply go to the park during the hottest part of the day to find shade. The law says you have to have a permit if you're going to share prepared food in public parks as part of a non-social gathering charitable purpose. But permits are difficult to obtain, and applicants may only obtain a permit to feed people once a month. Because the law applies only to sharing food for a charitable purpose, it means that this woman can throw a pizza party in community park for 50 of her friends without limitation. But once she offers food for charity, she runs afoul of the ordinance. Each violation of the law is punishable by up to a fine of $1,431, 120 days in jail, and 24 months of probation. Uh, The attorney from the Institute says the city has criminalized kindness. People have a right to feed those in need and have been doing so for the entirety of human history. People have a fundamental right to engage in charity, which is protected by the Constitution. There's absolutely no valid reason for Bullhead City to crack down on Norma's act of compassion. She decided to use Community Park as her venue for feeding the homeless because she noticed a fair number of homeless people 
sleeping in the desert nearby. The closest homeless shelter is six and a half miles away in an isolated part of town, and it's hard to get to even by bus. Furthermore, the shelter only serves lunch, and unless you're staying overnight, then, well, overnight spots are usually full because the shelter only has 46 beds. So Norma saw a way to provide a private solution to a major issue in her community, and she must not be punished for helping these people, says her attorney from the Institute. How to solve homelessness is a difficult question with various answers, but Bullhead City's law certainly isn't the right one. Cities should encourage private solutions to homelessness, but not prevent those efforts. And that's the thing, is if she doesn't feed them, who will? And there are people out there who would suggest, well, maybe the city should feed them. Well, she's feeding them, paying for their own money. Let her. So the Institute has won lawsuits throughout the country that have helped ensure people can use their private property to help the homeless, including ending a law in Clarkston, Washington, that threatened to shut down a free pantry and private property, and defeating a zoning restriction that would have forced a homeless shelter to shut down in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Now, of course, here she is, no question, on public property. This is a park. But point is that she's feeding these people, but when she's done, they clean up after themselves. There's no question And so I would have no problem if they said, yeah, every single day she comes in, they make a huge mess and they leave it and someone else has got to clean it up. Yeah, I would say absolutely. But that'd be littering. That'd be something different. So one of the interesting things about all of this is I've mentioned before, I have a degree in history. And I got a couple books over here. And I've actually read these books. These are not just props. (laughs) There's a series of books over here by a guy named Fernand Brodel. And B-R-A-U-D-E-L, I believe. And there's a book called The Structures of Everyday Life, one of the greatest history books ever written. It's fabulous. It's a wonderful book. I love that book. I've read it several times. And he points out how a lot of the things that are in our society and in our culture, uh, we do, and you wonder, if you stop to think about it, where did that start? Where did that come from? How, how is it that, that, as a society, we got to the point where this happens or that happens? And it's The Structures of Everyday Life. And one of the things he points out in, and I forgot what chapter it's in, and it may even be in the second book, but he has, there's three books in that series. But Structures of Everyday Life is the first, first book in the series. He talks about how there were walled cities in Europe, where there's a city with a wall around it. And for protection at night, they would close the city gates, and that way, intruders and other people who might come in and cause trouble in the dark can't get into the city. And so... If a city had a real bad homeless population uh, that would wander the streets during the day looking for handouts or possibly causing trouble, who knows, this is a long time ago, I wasn't there, uh, what they would often do is they'd say, hey, we're going to give away free food right outside the city gates tonight. <laughs> Everyone knew what the deal was. So at night, some people from the city would go over outside the city walls Put the food out there. Let everyone who wants the free food go out and get it. And they'd close the gates behind them. And and that's how they solved a little problem they had. And people would look at that and go, but Steve, that's welfare. They're giving food away to people who, who, who want that food for free. Yeah, it is. It is. But you'll also look at it from a bigger picture and go, oh, does this solve another problem? And another example that's in the book, and I forgot again which book it's in, is that in the old days where you had a bunch of houses packed really closely together in a small town and you all had thatched roofs on your homes, 
if your neighbor's roof caught on fire, it would soon spread to yours, to the next door, and eventually all the houses would burn down. So they'd say, okay, we're going to outlaw thatch roofs. We're going to make you use a roof out of material that's not so prone to catching fire. And of course, when you pass the law, a bunch of people would say, I got to do it. It's the law. And invariably, you get one or two people go, I can't afford it. The thatch roof I use because it's inexpensive. So I'm going to put one back up. Well, now that you've put all this time and effort into your house so it won't catch on fire and your neighbor puts the thatch roof back up, you go, no, 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 no. And quite often, the direct neighbors who'd be affected by that house catching on fire would say, you know something? We'll put the roof on for you because it's in my best interest for your house to not catch on fire. And again, people are going to look at that and go, Steve, that's, that's welfare. You can call it anything you want. The question is, does it help society as a whole? Or, or does it help more than just the person who's getting what's being given to them? And I would suspect that in the case of the grandmother who's feeding the homeless people in the park, where the people go during the day to get out from the direct sunlight of the desert, that when she feeds them and cleans up after them, they clean up after themselves, I'm sure, and they clean everything up and they all leave. I have a feeling that that town is better off having that happen than the alternative, which is homeless people wandering around hungry. And then the question is, what happens next? So I know some people are going to disagree with that analysis, and that's fine. You, you can disagree with my analysis. It's America. You're, you can agree or disagree with anybody you want. But the bigger question is, who is she harming? Because for a law to make sense, you're going to make something illegal. It's got to harm somebody. And I know someone's going to say, but Steve, if people hear that there's free food, pretty soon all the homeless people are going to... Well, how many homeless people does Bullhead City, Arizona have? And it's not like people are going to become homeless just to get the free food. Okay? So I personally applaud the Institute for Justice for taking this on. And uh, it sounds to me like the law is kind of strange. So we'll see if it stands up in federal court. But I have to tell you also that I've mentioned that if you like the work the Institute for Justice does, you can donate. And I'll put their link in the description below the video. But I got a really good note the other day from a guy named Jaron. And Jaron says, hey, Steve, while browsing around today, I found out that Amazon customers can donate 0.5% of their purchase to charities, including the Institute for Justice. So if you want to, you can go to your Amazon page, click a couple buttons, and then if you log in through this charity page, you can shop on Amazon like you always do, pay for your stuff like you always do, and 0.5% of the purchase price will be donated to a charity of your choice. And you can designate the Institute for Justice. So I'm going to put a link to that also, but just to let you know, there are a million charities that have the words Institute and Justice in their description. Make sure you get the Institute for Justice located in Arlington, Virginia. That's the one that's we're talking about here. So it's founded 1991. They've been doing good work pretty much the same length of time I've been an attorney. So I became an attorney in 91. But the Institute for Justice, and it says now available in the Amazon shopping app. And so just so you know, by the way, I know a lot of people out there have mixed feelings about Amazon. 
Uh, to date, U.S. charities have received $377 million as a result of this. So 0.5% of your purchase will be sliced off and sent over to the Institute if you do this, or any charity you choose, any charity you choose. But the Institute, I think, is a good one. So consider doing that. And Jaron, thanks for the notes. I did not know that was possible, and I shop on Amazon. So there you go. But this story was sent to me by Nabil, Jason, Joshua, Chris, PB, Stacy, and Anthony. And uh, Dan King wrote it for the Institute. Police arrested a grandmother for feeding people in need. Now she's fighting back in federal court. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. If no one comes from the future to stop you, then how bad could it be?